Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Mountain Deer Podcast. My name is Rodney Elmer, and I'm here with most of the crew. We have the legendary Coco Puff. How you doing? We have Beaver. Hey, guys. And Mr. Tech. What up? Taylor. It's going to be a good one. This is, I don't think a lot of people are going to, man, this is going to be some varied opinions on today. Today's podcast is going to be like a, we're going to pro-con it just to, just to cut a little respect, yeah. but today, what are we talking about, Dad? Most of the time, everybody talks about all the stuff they use. We're going to talk about the stuff we don't use. And why most of it kind of sucks for what we do. <laughs> or just why it just doesn't work yeah. and we don't care about it for us, but it very well may work for you. Either way, let's talk about it. Let's get into it. So, Jimmy, when it comes to deer hunting, what are the, some of the things that you've tried and you said no and it's no You mean more. like gadgets and stuff? Yeah. Like, let's just go with like some Like tools and crap? Things okay, you yeah, yeah. had. Right. Like things you that didn't work out for you. I mean, there's a long, <laughs> long laundry list between vehicle tires, vehicles. Um, all and, the stuff and, we don't like to use right now. Yeah, all the way to bullets that aren't any good and guns and uh, places that aren't any good. I'll, I'll start that off. I mean, you know, everybody's everybody's got that got that thing they tried that just wasn't any good or, like, just didn't work for you. Um, I'm going to start with something that, like, I haven't – I've used a little bit, um, trail cameras, right? We got got into them – I think it was like three or four years ago. Maybe it was a little bit more. It could have been like five or six years ago, whatever. Yeah, and yeah. right when they were starting to like really get hot, and it was like, wow, you know, we'll give these a try. We had a couple up here behind the shop. Uh, Donnell and I actually took a trip. I think it was like in late September, early October. We actually took a trip up to Maine, and we, we set some trail cameras out in spots that we knew were pretty good. And like, yeah, we got some pictures. I think we got a moose butt. Like, <laughs> right, an hour, like right. A, a moose stood in front of the camera for half an hour lots of ferns and all these other things and i know like a lot of people are really popular they use them to like get like psyched up too yep. but there's something about like having Jimmy a random for a long time yeah and, and i know i ran them for a couple years yeah what do you think i, I didn't i just had them out there for a month or so at a time right like after deer season yeah like and the moultrie what i found and... is where there was a run and you set it up they moved their runway. Yeah. <laughs> they like knew it was there. You'd get some of the some deers that would just walk right up and look right in the camera. But that's yeah. the uh, that's, mostly that's the experiment those. right there, man. That's and, the observation right. experiment. And yeah. I'm kind of with you. I don't want to see that monster buck until he's mine. Until your yeah. hands are on his antlers. It yeah. it does it changes the dynamic of your chase because like you see a lot of people like you'll you'll go into an area right it's not like you're the only one hunting there you go into some public land or whatever and you know you're out there hunting you end up getting a big deer and like it's a nice one and everybody just starts crying about it you know what I mean like you hear like oh, I had I had like a hundred pictures of him on my camera it's like cool you know what I mean like dude it's public land right. it's a it's a wild deer like what are you sorry. Yeah. You know, it it, it, it it tends to create a little bit of a possessiveness for some people. Right. It does. Right. Like, they start saying, like, you know, you see something, you're watching it, and you're like, after a while, you start to, like, associate, oh, there's my buck. There he is. Want to see pictures yeah. of the big buck I got? And, like, not want to tell people. And it becomes, like, it. The, the, a little bit of competition can come out of that Intelligence stuff. counterintelligence. That's, yeah, seriously. <laughs> it becomes, it becomes like, a freaking, like, a crazy thing that, like, people people get really into it. 
And it's like it's not that it's not a good thing, and like and and it's fun. It's, it's wicked. It's interesting to see, and it shows you like yeah. it's fun to be like, hey, there is one out there, right? And using that as like a little bit of excitement to get you wound up for yeah. it. But on the other hand, it does like it, when you start really getting serious into it. It does. It takes some of the surprise out of it. Well, when back when I can Jimmy and I can both relate to back before they had trail cameras, right? Yeah. And we would never see a buck like all summer long. We might see one spike horn. And we'd be like, man, there's no deer. And we would call a deer a buck, right? That's the only deer that existed if it was a buck. The rest of them were just deer, right? Yeah, and all right. you didn't and shoot those hardly at all. Yeah, yeah, back then. And you were lucky to even have a doe come near you to get, to get it with a bow and arrow. The bows were terrible. And then over time, the bows started coming around, and we had some nice compounds, could really shoot them pretty good. And bow hunting started really growing, and it was getting bigger. And, and then it, you were more interested in does. But up before that, you were just interested in buck. And, and of course, the buck kind of lay low anyway, all yeah. the time. They only look out for themselves, and, and they're pretty lay low. <laughs> so they would spend most of the time, we would say, well, there's no, I've only seen one spike horn and a three-pointer. Yeah. Or a five-pointer. We'd all be flipped out over seeing a five-pointer. And we didn't know there was an eight and a ten and some of these other deer yeah. until all of a season, the, the, all of a sudden, in, especially we hunted so local near our houses and stuff, near home. And when, when the famous kind of deer hunting guy around us shot another eight or ten, you were like, man, what the hell? <laughs> right because we never even saw them and we like we couldn't believe these deer were out there and the only guys who shot them were the guys who were good at it right yeah and the rest of us are like man well yeah i got a i saw a spike today you know and, and I, I i missed you know and then he yeah. came through an hour and a half later and i shot again and i missed again right and and then off it would go and if we'd have had trail cameras that worked good back then we would have known that there was some big deer around Especially in places where you thought there were no deer at all, there was one there, you know. Yeah. And it's really encouraging. A trail camera is good for a lot of things. That's you find a, out. Well, yeah, that's a, a point. Inventory. That's a point for trail cameras. Yes, it's a, a point, point for a it. point is at. It gives you a little bit of an idea of what's kicking around, and kind of it, live, it picks up your spirits if you've been going without. Right. Right. If it's a little bit of a dry spell, as like as far as seeing deer, sure. seeing good buck. It, and you got your point against it where, you know, yeah. it does make you kind of possessive of things. And, it does. And, and next thing you know, it's like all a little of a sudden of, you're wanting to own that thing because yep. you, you saw them. And, and it, you can pretty easily think, well, I'm the only one who knows he's around. <laughs> right? yeah. During our hunting seasons, uh, the deer aren't doing their same routine. Right. It's time right. breeding season. That deer he could is be not anywhere. going to be going through by that trail camera at 5 o'clock or at 6 o'clock. Like whenever. he was early. Right? Like right. he was early. He's He's... Could be five, six, eight miles away. Right, right. You know, so the, or a different one comes through. Yeah, and that's another not so good thing about trail cameras is, you know, early in the season or maybe even late in the season, they might be really effective at being able to help you time the deer and might cut some of the work out of out of your hunting for sure. And it it does it does come across as a shortcut, and in a lot of ways, it's a shortcut because you know where there's four good big buck, right? It, so there's some advantages to that in, in that maybe it, you'll... It helps you reduce the area of woods to sift through to kind of know an area there where there may be an active buck, right? Because one of the other things too is unless you have a lot of consistent pictures and data on that one deer throughout an entire season to know what he's really... Like to really pattern him, you need multiple cameras in multiple locations, right? And you need to get him 
in in those areas, making yeah. loot and seeing what kind of consistency and patterns there are. Otherwise, it's like having a photo of a nice big buck on a trail camera doesn't tell you anything. Right. It doesn't tell you where he's coming from. It doesn't tell you where he's going. It just told you where he was at that time on that day at that ter- time in the season, right? You don't get that that much data from it. And like you can almost like would you rather use trail cameras to try to find a deer and use that to decide where to hunt or like just go pick up a track and follow one down. Yeah. Like it it adds a whole other piece of like in order for them to be pretty effective, you have to really work it. Oh yeah. You no, know I mean yeah. like you're not like right. I don't, you don't set it beside the Jimmy's trail, right? You, you hide it, right? You know, there's all right. kinds of like yeah. Uh, there's a trail whole cameras of, have turned into an art. It's and, a, yeah, it's its own kind you know, of form of hunting. It is. it is. It's actually like hunting because I got this deer on camera, right? Yeah. Some deer are so good you can't hardly even get them with a trail camera. They're that good, you know. And and that in itself has turned into a sport, and people absolutely love putting out trail cameras and checking them, and, and especially the now that a lot of them have a live feed to your phone. Oh, absolutely. It's it's there it's added an element to hunting that is its own thing. Right? But yeah. as far as like it depends on the the kind of pursuit and what you're after. If you're going for it for like a strictly photography, right, and just like an information thing, I think trail cameras would be super fun. Yeah. It'd be super fun to do to set it out and like see when they're coming through and see what what's kicking around in your woods right. when you're not there at night, right? When you're not out there or whatever, or off season, middle of winter. Sure. Keep something updated. It'd be fun to see that. It's almost like no a harm. Yeah, it's in a backyard experiment. Like right. that's pretty cool. Yeah, a real harmless But as soon as, one. As, soon as you yeah. kind of like tie them into hunting, like for me, it's it's one, it's another thing I got to I got to do, you know what I mean? Yeah. Now you have to you have to pick your spots. You have the direction that the camera's pointing is super important. It's almost like picking a stand. Yes. There's a lot of things that go into it. There's a lot of maintenance that comes with it. You know, you got to do batteries and SD cards. And like that, that's not that big Check of a deal. It, but. but it's like another thing to babysit. It's another gadget to buy. That can be stolen. And it's right, like lost, to, for it to really you know. not improve your game that much, depending on the kind of tracks and the kind of hunting you are, it has to work for your niche. And you know it, I mean? it would probably really work more suburban area. It wouldn't areas. work that well for us, I don't think. Um, not that it does, it doesn't work in big areas because I'm sure it will too. I, I've seen lots of good pictures from big woods, and I've seen lots of um, good pictures, especially from like suburbs and stuff. Um, the rest of the year type thing, it, it turns for me, especially with Facebook. You you look at thousands oh and thousands my God. and thousands of trail camera pictures. Kind of desensitizes like, you. Yeah, a after a while, I, I'm not even caring whether I look at it or not. I just know, oh, it's another another buck, you know. And for me, it's just like overload, and and I don't, it doesn't bother me anymore. I don't don't care, you know. Um, for wanting to know what my particular buck looks like, that yeah, I happen to to get, and somebody's got live pictures of them like afterwards. They're like, I got a picture. I got trail cam pictures of that. It'd be cool. Yeah, you're right. And of course, it started out mostly as photo originally, right. and then it moved into filming. So that the the trail cameras filming what's going on, and yeah. there have been remar- remarkable like things, like a, a dead deer, and the the two coyotes come up to it and start feeding on it, and the bobcat sitting there five feet away. Yeah, you know, and and deer they, fighting. They're all interacting yeah. at this kill, and you know th- that kind of stuff is. It's cool. open. It's opened you up to a world yeah. that you that you would have a hard time getting close to. Yeah, like like gray foxes are climbing way up on top of things. 
like a right. cat almost. You know, and, and you get to, it's an insight into animal behavior and a study of nature that's awesome. They, yeah. That part of it is really cool. By the same token, like I, my mother always read the books to me and she turned one page at a time and I looked at the pictures as the reading went. And we just right. didn't jump ahead and look at all the pictures and then read and get bored. Fell in love right. with how it opens, how yeah, the story the unfolds. Like being yeah. part of the story as it goes is yeah. really what you're looking for in your hunting, though. Yeah, that's what I want to see in my hunting. And I, I could really care less about knowing you know, how many or if they're around or what they look like, especially what they look like. I, if it's an 8 or a 10 and it's got a little point on the right, you know, the G3's got a little side point or something. Mm. I, I don't care. I, yeah. I don't care. You're, about that. you're looking for a little bit know. of mystery in your yeah. in your hunt too, though. And I want some unknown. If there's no unknowns, and I've got it all, got the book all written, and now I've I've made this entire <laughs> program, and now all I've got to do is just sit at point A, and it's going to come through at five thirty, and then bang, and at that point, Feels it's less like, like going to the grocery store. Then I almost don't care about it anymore. I, but that's where I am as a hunter. It doesn't mean that other people aren't into it because they very well should be, and they could be, you know. And it, and if you want to do it, it, you should definitely do it. Yeah. And I'm I'm not dead to set against it or anything like that. What do you think? That's Jim? not the case. I just well, don't I like either. seeing people's pictures. I just for using them and all the time it goes. It takes to do it. I'm busy in the summer and yeah. And I just soon like said. Oh, I'm gonna get a nice one. I just soon see him when i'm after him yeah i like being in awe when i lay eyes on him for the first time yeah and sometimes i you just see rack and you shoot and then when you get up to it that's the first like time you, you really you, see the you horn. knew it had yeah. bone right yeah or like, yeah, you could see it was the same thing when, when casey's buck it. walked up and him and i right it's on film i'm looking right. at the thing's antlers I, I knew it had antlers you could see them sticking out of his head but you didn't really get to look at him right right because you don't look at the antlers when you shoot Right, right, and I'm in a well, camera. I'm, if, I'm if you do worried, look at the antlers, yeah, when you shoot, you hit them. Yeah, yeah I fixed shoot enough the antlers of those. off. And I've, I've, I've repaired a million. When you film it, you've got wide <laughs> eyes, so you're just worried about putting the whole thing in there, and you're not worried about it. Right, you know right. what? I'm not worried about looking at it. I want to see it in the camera, and I'm just like, okay, is it good? Is it? I'm worried more about the framing, right. and you know, I I saw them clear as day. And of course, the camera drops a little bit because I did peek. If any anyone who anyone who watched the <laughs> yeah. video, I did peek. The camera started to fall right because I'm like starting to look up with my own eyes. But when you got up there and you now you see it, it was such it, the surprise right. was awesome. I mean, it was like Christmas. It's it's incredibly different difficult when you're a cameraman to not want to just see it with your own eyes and to see it through the lens doesn't seem quite as good as if you were to look on your own. It's not and. Like, but the the point is though that you'll be able to watch it millions over and, over. and millions yeah. and millions of times and probably see it better. The surprise was the best though. You know, it's almost yes. like when somebody says like, "Hey, what do you want for your birthday? Hey, what do you want for Christmas?" It almost kind of sucks to have to tell them, because the surprise of it's like the best part. <laughs> like when you walk up to a deer and all, you're like, "Oh, he's got a drop tine and he's got this, or he's got a little hole in his beam from a bug, or look at that. Oh, it's only got half a rack, right? Like, <laughs> like." You know, like that. <laughs> Like that—that—that's part of the fun and part of the part of the elements that I think we have kind of lo- created a little bit of a culture in our hunting for yeah. that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it'd be it'd be fun to to pick one buck and be like, oh, he's this ten, and we're just gonna get him. And I think a lot of it is that. You know what I mean? That's we're that's we're a little more probably like secure in our thoughts about it. Um, where a lot of a lot of people may not be so secure in their thoughts about their abilities or whatever. And the the picture thing can be a confidence builder. 
No, and, and it can get you out there. It, it can be a motivator. If it's motivation to at least get out in the woods and hunt, then it's worth it in the long run. Yeah, oh yeah. No matter and, what. And that's probably the number one takeaway from everybody who puts them out. It gets them motivated to get out there. Yeah, whatever gets you motivated. Right. Get out there and do yeah. it. Yeah, right, right. But it also, it shouldn't, it shouldn't also detract from the experience of one of your hunting party or somebody else getting that deer, though. Right. Right, because right. it, 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 shouldn't, it shouldn't come at the cost of being a sportsman either. Right. Right. right, and that it can create some jealousy and it can create some envy, and this like it the the possessive thing is big, and you see it all the time. Well, that's also a level of human nature too you're touching on because people get possessive over things other than a photograph of a deer. Sure, you know, mm-hmm. oh yeah. yeah. So, and I think that's just kind of like a little window of to the human psyche a little bit. Yeah. And really not that there's anything wrong with them, but we just don't use them and don't really have a need well, for, for them. Well, for us too, we're hunting such a big area with such few deer that it's you so could put a trail much. camera up and never get a photo of anything yeah. more often Even than getting though. a photo. And the vast majority of the time, we know big when we see it. Yeah, when right. we're seeing big sign, that's all we need. And the other yeah. thing too is is the kinds of woods and the kind of hunting that we're in is so variable that you could you could like pick the perfect spot for your trail camera. You could put it out when you get back, your woods are gone. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, how many times does that happen where you're like, oh, this is a great spot. You come back and it's a freaking mile-by-mile clear cut. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's, that's, that's happened a bunch. Right. So it's like three trucks so, there. So, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. And, and by, the time, by the time you go to figure out a new spot for your camera or whatever, you're almost like, at this point, I'm better off just to grab a track, find him, get, a, get him in the glass, and then get him. Yeah. You know what I mean? If, you're, if your purpose... If your purpose is to get a big deer and not necessarily to motivate yourself, I don't think a trail camera is going to speed you up that much for where we are. Yeah. For bow hunting, though, it's probably better because patterning and picking the spot is more vital. Mm-hmm. Well, absolutely. You know what I mean? For, the, for, because for tracking, trail camera is not that. And you're going to be there. Yeah, and, and one picture or one quick clip or a couple of clips is not even remotely the same amount of information you can get on a buck compared to tracking. Tracking yeah. is like an, literally what he did for 24 hours straight, if not more. You learn his habits, what he eats. You see all of it because you're following it through him through the woods. Yeah. So, like for recon on one specific buck, tracking wise, there's no there's no need to do a camera. You don't need it. Yeah. All you need is his prints in the snow. Yeah. But for other forms of hunting, even like turkey hunting, turkey hunting probably works really well sure. because you got to pick a blind. You know, you'll find out where they roost and all that stuff. For more like Short passive time. styles of hunting, yeah. like less moving through the woods kind of things, trail cameras are probably the way to go. And if I did more of that, I'd probably be more into them. Right. But no, I mean I got enough. Cam- <laughs> I got enough cameras as it is. I know I've had some guns I didn't like. What do you mean? Like I won't be using anymore. Like what? The muzzle loaders. Look at the muzzle loaders, Jimmy. That you yeah. and I have owned. Yeah. And some of them were just junk. When 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 they yeah. improved and we stepped up. Some of them the just don't hang right. You don't like how they pick up. Yeah. Some of the ignition systems were yeah. terrible. Yeah. Like what? You know, musket. What are cap, some of the What uh, are some of the ones you didn't like? The, the the ones with the little uh, percussion cap. Oh, that are on the outside. Like, yeah. You mean like flintlock? Well, no. The cap, <laughs> oh. the cap locks. I'm like back Some when you were like 20. Locks, you know, the first ones. <laughs> on the Mayflower <laughs> coming them over. Them stinking things would, would and and then there'd be this and a ball would come rolling out of the end. <laughs> and go for Elmer Fudd Bugs Bunny style. Oh, my God. Literally. Like, <laughs> the only smoking powder was on the wad. Right. Which was nothing but a piece of cloth, a t-shirt or something, right? And it, yeah. it, it went and landed in front of me in the snow. And the snow put the fire out. 
<laughs> what was that for? What was it? What gun were you shooting though? Fifty caliber, that old uh, CBA Frontier that I had, oh, and Jesus. and like we're we, that's when muzzleloader season wait, first is that started. The black, and, is that the black stock? No, no one? the old the old hammer, side hammer job there. You know, it's not the one that I have at the at our studio in Maine. No, that's a it's different not that one. one? No, okay, because no. I was like, that's a dinosaur, dude. You were right. hunting with that thing. You better off to go up and spear it. That no, thing the, was just short of having a flared muzzle. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's basically like a musket pistol is about all it's really good for. You know, <laughs> good and, for about 25 feet. And some of the different muzzle orders we've had have been really not too good. We've had some scopes, too, that were terrible. Yeah. Yep. I remember me and my brother-in-law and his friend, we were walking down the old logging road in the woods. And a deer walks out in front of us. I pick my gun up. Snap. <laughs> Nothing went off. <laughs> the other guy, he picks his gun up. Snap. Nothing went off. <laughs> <laughs> my brother-in-law, he picks the gun up. His goes, snap. And about two seconds later, goes off and <laughs> goes off into the ground because he'd already dropped the barrel. Oh, my God, <laughs> oh, dude. So, so, these things suck. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, for sure. Some but of the then, bows. Then they come out here. with a 209 proper, uh, primer in the Encore. That's when I started getting more into it. Yeah. Because when you went off. That's yeah, the shotgun style primer, right? Yeah. That's the shotgun style primer? Yeah. 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 With the, that wax coating to help keep it water resistant? Yeah. Yeah, some of the ones well, he some had. Of the, so, like, some you know. of the old primers had a waterproof coating on them. Yeah. Yeah, and, and those things, when you pulled the trigger, it went off. Yeah. You know? and, yeah. And that got a lot of people into muzzle orders. There's a few guys, especially like Jeff was like, yeah, I'm not using one of them things because they never work. And yep. then, you know, when, when the good ones came out and they shot, out, yeah, you know, and hunters were more impressed by the bang and everything was good and it shot fairly accurately. Yep. They're like, yeah, I can kill a deer with this thing. So then they, they took up muzzleloader hunting when, you know, when they first first started the season around here, I was, I, I went and got one of them little gun kits. I think it was like 80, 90 bucks, hundred bucks. It gave you a barrel and an unfinished stock. Uh, even the the cutouts for the parts to fit inside the stocks weren't even close. You had to whittle on them some to get it all fit and put it all together. Like a gun DIY yeah, kit. It was literally a DIY kit, and I, <laughs> I put that thing together, and I ended yeah. up shooting I own three, four different buck with it. No kidding. And in a couple of does, and when I was really practicing with it a lot, I could hit a hundred dollar bill, uh, a dollar bill at a hundred yards. Yep. You no, know, and it, it shot. I was gonna say good. with iron sights, don't, don't, don't shoot a hundred dollar. No, bill. I wouldn't do that. <laughs> no, that's the kind of accuracy you could get out of. It's probably five even times a round ball. spent on the DIY yeah. kit, probably. <laughs> you know, to get a round ball to shoot a hundred yards and be able to hit, you know, yeah, a soda that's can is the, the tech good. for muzzleloader has come a long way. Oh yeah, and it's like at this point, it's just about a rifle. Yeah, we're, oh, get, yeah. we're getting we're getting like shy muzzle loaders are getting speed. really just good. like hunting with a single shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're we're, they're getting really might good. take you a little bit longer to get it loaded. Aim a little higher than yep. you think you need to. <laughs> Jimmy and I went Valley Forge down here with all four of us <laughs> kapool, kapool, shooting at this bulletproof buck. Man, that thing. You and I were just like, what the hell, man? And it was, I'm a quarter half mile away, and I hear this kapoom, and then kapoom, and I'm saying, well, the boys are laying. Then a down. few minutes later, kapoom. Yeah, and I'm like, well, apparently there's some excitement going on, you know. And well, a couple exciting. of those deer had made it all the way over to me and went, 
ah, and turned around and ran all the way back towards you guys a little yep. bit. And they were circling everywhere there. Muzzleloader can and, be a mess. You know, that, that, what, that was a, like an eight-pointer, 176 that was mm -hmm. in there running nice around. Buck. You guys uh, were shooting at a smaller one, right? Wasn't there another buck in there, too? <laughs> We were, oh, shooting, shooting, at we were shooting at a racker. I don't know. Yeah. It was a racker, but we it were, was a racker. We Our were knees further away than we thought we were. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> him and I we were, were like, "What the hell?" And he yeah. was just running around breeding a doe. Didn't even care about us. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, care. all that fire, you know, like kaboom, 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 and the smoke over there on the other side of the valley, Valley Forge, literally. Yeah, you know, it just and now we named that spot that. That's fun. So you know, it is what it is. You yeah. know, and and we've had a good time with it. Definitely yeah. going to get into a little bit more, but it's like muzzleloader too is. There's a lot more moving pieces with it, too. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because when you think like deer hunting, you're thinking like rifle season. You're more concerned about rifle because it's like your bread and butter. One, two, you can reload in a timely manner <laughs> when the deer's standing there looking at you. Like when, Jim, actually that video, what was it? Was it two years ago? Was it yeah. 2018? Yeah. When you shot that, you shot that one right towards the end of the season, towards the end of the day, and you're telling the story of like looking at it, like just hedge right. picking him right going stood real right slow. there and watched me load my yeah. gun. Yeah, and this moved. like that would not occur had you had your 30 out six. No. How many bullets? Could, <laughs> how many bullets could you have put in him at the time that it takes you to reload? Well, I would have emptied the gun. That's right, and probably been been reloading it at the time. Like, that's that's a drawback to muzzleloader yeah. is like it just the amount of time. You know what I mean? And yeah. And how well you know your gun. Yeah. And how organized you are when it comes to loading and being prepared with it. And then you get buck fever and your hands are falling. You're like, you're just, you're <laughs> falling apart into shambles trying to like put the primer. Even if you have a speed loader where you're trying to dump the powder and you keep an eye on your buck and you tip it up and you sink and you slide the thing out and you're like, oh, please don't run, please don't run, please don't run, please don't run. Right. And you're like flipping out. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's different. It's, it's it's a lot like trail cameras where it adds its own element to the hunting and a little bit of a challenge to it. But yep. it's like a lot of times simplicity is just nice. I like when I went putting from a cartridge in and shooting the freaking thing. When you go from a clump muzzleloader to whatever is better at the time. Like your, yeah. yours is nice. Well, I went from, I went from the uh, Frontier to the CVA Apollo and that had just a straight sliding bolt. And it got a little bit of snow and ice in it and stuff. And then it just would not hit quite as hard because it was dragging just barely in yep. cold, snowy weather. And, you know, that, that part of it's a little bit of a deal. Um, then when we moved over to the brake actions, Those are we so were nice. like, yeah, this is the way to go. This, you know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, Never going and, back to smoke. Right. State. And then, then, of course, later on, as it got into all the other guns, there was some really good stuff. Stainless was the other thing. I don't I don't know. I, I don't like blue barrels. I love stainless barrels. And mm. it's more like a hammer. You use it and you put it away. Yeah. And, and I've had good luck. Not that you probably shouldn't take care of them and, and oil them and clean them a little bit. But it's less maintenance. For the most part, I haven't done squat. And every time I pick it up, it does what I want it to do. And then I just throw it reliable yeah and mostly and I like mostly that. i think we're into muzzler because it adds another it adds another like amount of time amount of time yeah. for you to hunt oh yeah you know what i mean like it gives you, you more time snow too yeah. yeah and it's like depending the other thing too is muzzleloader right in new hampshire doesn't new hampshire's muzzleloader seasons before the rifle season right so like fun. you're you're at a little bit more of a disadvantage compared to rifle season because you have all of the things we just talked about where you have like all these other moving parts it takes you longer to load and stuff but at that time in the season the deer are a little bit chiller and right. they're also all there. They're covering. No one has shot any yeah, of them. No, they're, they're not, they're not the going 100. still in the woods. <laughs> yeah, they're, yeah. yeah, they're all there. They're not looking for does. They're not running around. They're not wired. They haven't been chased yet. So it's like almost that almost kind of levels out the difficulty a little bit yeah. when you have that. 
But and the other thing is, other states have it at the end, at the like when the rut's coming down. So now all the deer are slowing down. They're starting to put the feed bag on. They're chilling out a little bit, and you have the weather. Because like I want to be close <laughs> when you have a muzzleloader. I want to be point blank. I want to be right up there, yeah. and I don't want to have to. I like I want to be close. I don't want. He's, he's had too many long rangers that missed. I know. <laughs> With a muzzleloader, oh my god! Yeah, seriously. Oh, yeah, yeah, right underneath him. <laughs> Yeah, it's and amazing what your conditioning. The amount of practice too. About. You just need more practice, really, yeah. because I think it's because we don't take muzzleloader all that seriously. Like we we took it a little bit serious. Or well, comparatively last to year. rifle yeah. season. Well, it's because that's just the. I if you could carry a muzzleloader or a rifle, which one are you going to carry? Rifle. Well, I've carried a muzzleloader before when I had a choice. I took How'd a muzzleloader go? and I ended up shooting a buck. Um, it it wasn't the kind of party it would have been, <laughs> you know when it came time to shoot and shoot mm-hmm. and shoot again, right? Yeah. Finally get the thing on the ground and get it all Advantage, done. Advantage, you know? rifle over muzzler all the time. Right. Oh, yeah, no question. And, and really, truthfully, I'm into, if I'm going to shoot a deer, I want it dead. Yeah. If, I, if I'm going to kill a woodchuck on a lawn, he's going to take it hard. <laughs> it's it's going to be bang and over with. I, I don't want to go, I don't, I don't want to go wounding or hurting things. I want him dead. So... When, when it's time to kill, out comes the cannon, and that's that. <laughs> yeah. For me now. But What's another gadget beef? What's something that, like, other people are using or that you've used before that you took out of your hunting arsenal, whether it was, like, a you know, a piece of equipment, a firearm, something you keep in your rig, or something that you're like, I don't really need this. This doesn't work for me. What's something that you have had the experience with? A rattle bag. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Rattles a lot while you're walking. Well, that and keeping it quiet. Ten, in the areas that I that we end up hunting in, I'm hunting in. I'm playing to an empty house more often than not. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's one extra thing to carry and a rattle bag. It's wood. Yeah. It's a, it's one more thing that I have to worry about. And I just if I'm going to carry anything that makes noise, I just assume have it be a tipper can. Mm-hmm. Because for one, it's smaller. I can shut it up. Yeah. Rattle bag, you can't shut it up because they sit there and clink and clink and yeah, clink. Yeah, the old-fashioned The tipper can, ones. you tip it upside down and put it in your pocket, and it's not going to go off. Yeah. The other thing, too, is they or have— Or you put a piece of tape They have those, like, it. detachable plastic ones that you pull apart and you flip around, yeah. and then they're almost like— uh, Hook it back together. Yeah, they almost look like a, one of those, like, bunt cake pans, except for they have lumps on them, and you rub them together like this. Yeah. I've and seen it, those, And it makes yeah. the rattle sound. Yeah. And then when you're done, you take yeah. it and you flip it and you stick them back together yeah. opposite so it doesn't make yeah. any sound. And I'd be light. more likely to carry one of those yeah. Yeah. and that, and they're smaller. Yeah, they're the, wooden, the wooden ones are junk. And, yeah, I've, uh, I mean, for me, I've never had any luck with them. Yeah. I've only rattled in a couple, three buck. I haven't done it much. Did you do and, it tracking or were you sitting? No, I was sitting. You know, just Have you ever tried it tracking, though? No, I haven't. And I, I'm pretty sure it would work, especially in combination with yeah. you know some regular sounds and some some grunting. And I mean, if you want to give that a try this year, I, I've seen guys um, uh, use a soda can and just oh, and roll it, it roll it between yeah. your hands, and it goes click 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 click. You can roll it flexes. between your hands and let it, let the aluminum flex, and it makes that popping sound. And I've seen guys and then eventually a slowly wears out on the edges and becomes this jagged piece of <laughs> aluminum. For you to jam back in your pocket, and rip your coat, and get your orange sh- gloves stuck in. They're only going to work if you're 
Got the right deer. Playing to somebody that's there that wants to come in. Yeah, yeah. it's got to be I somebody mean, wants to come in. If you're playing to an empty house, ain't nobody coming. Not to mention, <laughs> so, every no one of mine hooked me. So every sure deer they, came in on the downwind. Sure, right. they work better down country where there's more deer. Yeah, right. Yeah. And they're going to be. They're We're be most of the time playing to an empty house. The other thing too is At like if if yeah. you're if you're moving through the woods and you're closing in on a buck, I want my hands on my rifle. Yeah. You know what I mean? I want to be ready. So if you now have to have your, you could do it like if you're still hunting, I would do it more if I was just like, I didn't have a track and like the weather wasn't hot and I wasn't going to cover a lot of ground anyway. Like maybe, like, yeah, I'd probably, see, I'd, I'd go and... 50, hundred yards, stop and then clack, 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 clack and rattle a little bit and stand there for a few minutes and listen. Like I would do it that, but on a day where you have a track and, sn- and snow, I'm not doing that. I'd rather walk up and be silent and have them not know I'm there than to make noise. On a crunchy day, go for it. Yeah, the I would say would on a better. crusty day, go for it. When you're already making noise, you might as well make noise that's going to be attractive. But when you can be quiet, you might as well be quiet and slide right in. Well, it's other- like that trade. Like, it's a trade-off. I don't. I don't think it's worth it. If you got good conditions, leave it in the bag. Like, don't take it out. I wonder how much they'll come on the cross to you when they make tons of noise. Because now they're they're introducing themselves they'd before rather they wait. get there, they're, and they'd, they'd rather, rather just wait. wait you out. Yeah, and they'll stand over there and listen, and you'll stay over well, here, and nothing too, will do anything. If you're following a buck yeah. that's more submissive and he's not the dominant guy running around, and you start rattling, yeah, it's gonna it, scare him. He's gonna be like, "Well, there's two big guys where they're already fighting. I want nothing to do with that." But it could have the opposite effect if you're on a bigger buck who's the king of the ca- county. He's gonna say, "Who's in here messing around?" Let's go check it out. I'm gonna go check it out. Right. So it's it's yep. it's more of a hit or miss thing. Bad weather, and during the rut, absolutely for rattling. It's just like yes. grunt, grunting or snorting. Sure, do it. You might as well because like if you're already making, if you don't have anything else to go with, and you're already making noise, you might as well have a positive bear sound. Down. Let's yeah. uh, let's We're, clarify for the people what's considered for us to be bad weather. Rain. Uh, potato chip quiet frost. No snow. No snow. No snow. Because for like, of course, yeah, Hot you have and to. Sunny. You got to take in. Yep. You got to take into account 60. our our typical style of hunting is we track them down. So, and you're right. We're not sitters. You know what I mean? We don't really sit. No. So those, those bags would work if you. We like sit down for five minutes and it's like we gotta get out of here. You're just. And that's just how so it works. If you sat there for a lot longer time, you might have something come into those bags or right. whatever. And especially if you sit there for a while, you call for a while and then you're quiet for a long while. If you like, and now he can't take it anymore. He's got to come check it out. If you like me, you've been there five minutes. It's like, yeah, I'm out of here. I'm that way. <laughs> yeah. So like there, there We're is burned a, out from not there's having a, any gear. There's a <laughs> there's something there. Yeah. Like something you can watch. Oh yeah. You'll wait a long animal, time. You'll watch it for a while, but if there's nothing there. Just yeah. trees. I'm out of there. There's because right. the deer population is low, and we have we have a nice, sizable chunk of land that we have access to. Right, most of New England we're allowed to hunt. Most of New England's a pretty big area, and even if you just narrow it down to like the area level, we like to go in western, northwestern Maine. Right, it's a big patch of woods. Right. It's a really big patch of woods. Oh yeah, you, and, you and got deers, a couple three hundred square miles. Easily yeah, and their the their corner. behavior in the areas that they're going to be moving right. through changed like all the time well not to mention if it's when during the rut before after yeah. during peak season of the rut their attitude and everything changes i'd be willing to carry it but it's not something i'm going to carry daily no no i'd leave i'd leave that in the truck yeah you know what i mean like a hot afternoon it's quiet yep. the day no, that we like, shot tyrod when your ears are ringing yeah. maybe then because it's so quiet because it was like 65. now that now that's going to carry 
Mm -hmm. So it's going to have a better ch better chance of reaching out when it's quiet. And he can move along to you quietly. Oh, so right. he's more likely. Here's one. Here's right. one for dad. A grunt tube. What do you think about a grunt tube? No, I stopped using them a long time. Ago. <laughs> <laughs> Got no reason to use one. I bought one. one I, I remember getting one, yeah. or I wanted, or something. I got one. Um, listened to it a little bit. It sounded great when they first came out, and I thought, well, this is cool. It was a little reed, you know, with a rubber band holding yep. it, and a little just tube, a, like a plastic flex rubber tube. hose. Yeah, flex tube on it, and and you blew on it, and if you blew real hard, it did nothing. If you blew easy, you know, it, and then if you blew a little harder, it was, you know, and how you bend higher. it would change the pitch. And you you could pitch it a little like bit, but it was kind bit. of, you know, so you would adjust the reed in it up and down with a rubber band, get the pitch you kind of, excuse me, liked, and then after that you were good to go. Um, and then takes up too much room in your pockets. If it's hanging around your neck, right. it's it tangled up, tangled up on stuff. Yeah, yeah. Go through the brush and it hangs you. Yeah, yep. hanging and, on your neck, and it has to. Caught. Yeah, yep. you, and you kind of want it. Like if you're gonna have one, you kind of want handy. it like around your neck or something. Mm -hmm. Something that's easy to have access to that you can pick it up, and then like put it back down and then sure. get back to hunting. You know. Yeah, and then you know you'd be watching like Jury out the, the Jury Brothers or something, and they yep. they would start Meh, and just do that, and you watch that on a couple of videos, yeah. and the guy just does it with his voice, and I'm like, well, he doesn't really sound all that much like it. But, but it was close enough to the deer. And they didn't care. And I, I started figuring out what deer don't care what it sounds like. Not really. I, I watched about three of those, and I'm like, they obviously don't care what it sounds like. Because it doesn't even sound anything like the grunt or like a video or like some of the actual bucks I heard grunting. And which were kind of piggish and more more like the grunt too. <laughs> They're kind of like us. They got different voices. They do absolutely. Yes, and you yeah. can almost hear the size and the age in their grunt, which is yeah. almost like about people. With people, yeah. Right. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna. I like the sound of this right here, but and I'm listening to the real thing on a video. And I a couple of times I've heard bucks, you know, within 10, 15 yards of me grunting. Right. And I have heard it. And so you have, now, real, and you have I don't the know what it's real like. life noise to, to compare it to. So now you have a better yep. idea of what so you I'm should like, be So I'm like, let's just do it with my throat. Let's just keep practicing until I get it good. And I got it pretty good. And then just from I'd then, say on, so. <laughs> yeah, then on. I'd say so. Your point earlier about them not being that variable. Right? Because And each of us having our own pitch and the deer having their own you know sound as well. Mm -hmm. Being able to adjust your call instantly and call it up instantly trumps the hell out of a grunt tube any day one you don't have to pull it out of your pocket like yep. you can be in the middle of talking and go uh well, right too. just and like that you and could have your gun up yeah it's just like it's go, like having a mouth for call for a step turkey. out and you just yeah yeah and it's so quick and subtle and like i've heard doe that's how i thought they were sheep yeah. Oh. Yeah. I'm like, what the hell is that? And I look, and here comes this doe. She's talking. Yeah. Like, what the hell? Yeah, almost like a stutter. She yeah. takes off, and there's a fawn right behind her. I was like, yeah. I've never heard them do that. Yeah. But it makes sense because the tipper can sounds a whole lot like that. Oh sure. So on, I think that, like almost unanimously. On the grunt tube end of things, he, no way. He, wouldn't wouldn't waste your money. No, no, I wouldn't carry one. No, no, no because look, I, actually, let's hear our grunts. Dad, give us a grunt. Uh, Jim. Uh, right. Uh, and Casey can, does this. And, I know, and and now he's <laughs> different every time. I, yeah. I'm not a yeah. Sometimes right. though, very, it's, yeah. it's a lot like talking. But person. when you walk into the woods, I don't know if you guys have this problem. When you walk into the woods and you haven't done it for a long time, you go and you go. 
Right? <laughs> <laughs> and then you go, yeah. and then you go back to, eh. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, you're like, well, that that cough. You get all back. flemmy. <laughs> yeah. And you have to like, clear, <laughs> like if you have to throat. clear your throat, that kind of like ruins it. You're That's like, Lenny over there. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Lenny. <laughs> yeah. Well, I as a taxidermist, yeah. right? You you study reference. You know, pictures right. of, of live deer and stuff like that. And I, I got this video. It's a reference video from Mackenzie. And it was a bunch of big white-tailed bucks and does inside of a pen. It was during the rut. And they were filming a buck's eyeball up close. And I'm watching this video. Meanwhile, in the background, there's this huge 10-pointer. It's probably 150, 60 inches. And he's tending a doe inside the pen. Now, they're feeding the buck that they're filming. So that, that way you, they can keep so, yeah, a shot so they can eye. keep him within two feet of the the camera lens, so they can get some nice close-ups of this deer. Meanwhile, in the background, this ten pointers, you know, following this doe, hmm. and he's grunting. Uh, 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 he's following her, right? Then she is going real slow and easy, and she bursts and runs faster. She picks up her pace, and he starts in this whine. Uh, He's like, whoa. You, you can tell he's <laughs> going, going, whoa. <laughs> yeah. and, and it was real, like, emotional. Hey, 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 hey. You know, he was right. doing that to her, you know. And, and I heard, and he did that a whole bunch of times on that changed. film. And I'm like, man, that's the kind of grunt tube you need. One that you can vary and change the pitch while it's going on. And put a little emotion in it. Yeah, and right. I've played that to a few deer, and they've been like, Damn. And, yeah, <laughs> and, and come right, right over. What what's yeah. gonna do that better than something you've been practicing your whole life that you can vary instantly without having to pay for it? Like your, your voice. voice, your voice, you can replicate right. that perfectly. No, yeah. it's you know the I mean? same thing with moose. How many times we call them moose, and by changing, by observing the moose and how they talk to each other, yeah. you mimic them. You mimic them if you call louder. Oh, oh, they don't like that. That is really aggressive. They don't like that. Right. They're so quiet. Just. You can barely hear it, and they come running right to you. Oh, yeah. And same yeah. with cows. Amazing. With you, cow yeah. calling, same thing. Yeah, yep. and you can overcall moves. Right. Oh, you can over. You can, you can Same with deer, everything. too. And, and I think deer are no question, too. I, I've had a few of even does at 100 yards heard me grunt, and they were gone. See you later. And then I've had some at 25 yards completely ignore me. Yep. I don't they either ignore, ignore you or come <laughs> or One or the other. Yep. Leave. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's amazing. It's just amazing. So the grunt tube's definitely out. Yeah. What about the, uh, here's another one. I know a lot of people are using these. What about rhinos? The GPS uh, and radio mix. And this is, I also want to get into another thing. It will connect back to trail cameras here real quick. But just kind of give, I don't know too much about them, yep. the rhino thing. All I know is the GPS where you can actually update each other's locations and direction Every time, on them. Every time you is, key in the mic, So you guys have to key me in on that because I don't right. know too much about those. Yeah. I don't use them neither. I know people that use them. Like, right. If you're in with a, your own crowd there, you can know where all your buddies are. Yeah, location-wise. Location and for wise. safety, something like say you're hunting with your elderly father or something. Yeah. Right. It's nice to know where that would the, be, his last location was, yeah. especially right. if he wants to move or something. That would be convenient. No question. For sure. Yeah. And, and that part of it is really good. Um, I know a few people that have had, a, they don't have the right hunting partners and they're tracking a buck and the other guy gets in the way and cuts them off and everything else. And there's been, you know, there's bound to be some issues, I suppose, with them. Same as anything else, you know, got nothing to do with any of that. But you're, I think there's a little room for almost cheating there a little bit. That's, um, that's the kind of point I want to get into is fair chase. 
the definitions of fair chase as well. You know what I mean? And kind yeah. of like it, that that's more of an ethical thing than it is a, like a question of legality. Right. It's not so much a question of right and wrong as is like to what you would do. Yeah. And, and what you would feel cool with. And the other thing and, too and is And myself, like, I'm right. not real cool with I don't know. It just, cutting it, my partner off. But. Well, that too. We and, do it all the time. Well, <laughs> but like it's, it's yeah, but different. I, it's, it, it's one thing for me to say, well, we're going to do this and we know we're going to do this. And then go do it's it. It's another it's like, thing hey, for Jimmy. somebody to sneak in on you. Yeah. Right. It's like you don't even know saying, what's hey, coming. Hey, Jimmy, well, the deer's head. It's another thing too to now be putting on illegal drives. Oh, yeah. using these like if you have you, do. you know what i mean it starts to becoming a bit more of like a it's pushing that fine line it does and it, yeah. it, it makes the hunt more about the deer deer right death. you can see the like gadget <laughs> gadgets are moving us towards the, the right efficiency, the, which is the, so to speak. of killing yeah. and it's like yeah that's cool but that's not really i don't know it, it's preference because it's cool and it's hunting but it's like but at the same time it really right. depends on your definition and your goals that you're looking for out of your hunting as whether you're yeah. going to do it or not. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's not really wrong no. to be able to be like, oh, he's on a track. He's heading this way about that speed. And he's over here coming up that way. Well, now I know where exactly where they are. It's not like, a, oh, he's up on that ridge. So I'll do this. And you have an idea and you're going on it. Now you know exactly where and you're going on it. Does that really change what's going to happen? Not really. But by the same token, it's like, hmm. What are we going for here? Even the GPS itself can be that way. Yep. You yeah. Know, we've had a few hunts where, you know, somebody's on a deer and they're tracking it and they've, they give us their coordinates and they say we're headed this way. Yep. And it's pretty easy to get generally out in front of them someplace, yep. you know, and, and at that point, well. You it's almost that. the same thing. Yeah. And if you've got a couple, three people, like, you know, it's, it's one thing, but when you have four or five, six people or something, and especially like in Maine where you can't do that, boy, you want to be careful. Is it? That's, that, you know, yeah. it's almost you There's know, also, driving. too, that you can't tell the deer what to do. So the deer oh, still no, has right. a mind of its own. So I oh, think yeah. that's what makes it a gray area because you can't control what the deer does. Even though you can control what you do and kind of delegate what your partners can do, but the deer can still change its mind and turn right around or shoot off to the left or the right or whatever. If they had a fish finder for deer, would you use it? Absolutely not. Do you use fish finders? I used to, yes. <laughs> I used right. yeah, to. Yeah, Do you have a bass boat with a fish finder on it? I don't. Is that why you don't use them? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, see, it becomes... This, it's, is it available? The, most of the time, the, the gadgets that we have in hunting is to make the pursuit easier. Right. It's to make the, the goal of getting a deer, it's to make it easier. Trail cameras are not for, not used for like, oh, let's just see what's kicking around. They're for targeting, locating, right? And like, just like getting continual. It's up. to make the pursuit easier. Otherwise, why would it need to send it to your phone directly as soon as it gets a video of the deer walking through that? See that right there, does that, is that technically a remote, you know what I mean? Does, does, does that like infringe on, does that infringe on fair chase? Because we do have laws that, do fair chase in some cases you know in some states it may very well be and in the future i think this will be a bigger yeah. argument and you know if you look at it from either the deer's perspective you know he never gets a, a minute where he's left alone no privacy right click 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 well click, we're at that point now anyway too right and then then you have um maybe uh, like the state of montana or someplace out west was talking about you know not being able to sell a 
GPS coordinate to somebody where you saw a big elk or something, right? So, like, th there's there's chances to yeah. like, and and at some point you have to decide where your fair chase lines are drawn and, and yeah. what you consider cool and isn't and it, cool. And it of really, course, the law is the minimum standard of conduct. You know, it's yeah. really the worst you can act. Is Most the law, of the time. and and of course you could act better if you wanted to. There's always room for that, but. Uh, in the end, um, you know, the whole right and wrong thing. That's you know, it's a gray right area. How wrong is it? It's almost like the other thing too is like, well, if you if you're going to start getting into speculating what devices are good for fair chase and which ones are not, you're almost like, well, the only fair way to do it is to walk up and strangle a deer, right? Right, one on let's, one. Let's just use the, the only basic rudimentary tools that nature giving has given you, except for the fact. The all tools that you have created are tools that nature's given you because it gave you the ability to think. <laughs> right. right. And now you start getting into this big, like, philosophical issue about what fair chase is. But you, you're going to see it because technically, now here's, here's, we're going to, we're, I'm going to do this. You ready, Dad? We're going to do this. Gonna stir all this we're going to do this. Are trail cameras legal? Technically, are they legal? Well, if your state says, you have uh, you cannot shine artificial rays on deer on off hours. That makes it technically so. Really, I mean, even if it's infrared light, you're shining ray light rays artificial off light. artificial light off hours, right? <sighs> so, like in in many ways, technically, it's not. Even though <laughs> even though it's not something that has been enforced, and and they no. don't enforce. And it. the and other thing really too is no there's there's a different. It's different. How it's done and what it's done for. It's not like you're out there with a flashlight shining the deer. You're there right now. You can do something about it. Right. This is a remote device that's doing it. So that doesn't have a gun hooked to it yet. The line. Well, you can't do that. They, that that <laughs> is in the law. No set. No set triggers and no right. right? sentries. None of those guns. things. Basi yeah, bas sentries basically. Yeah. But this yeah. it's gonna be as technology advances this is gonna be an issue that's gonna keep coming up in hunting yeah it's gonna keep coming up as to you know, the do do these up. devices technically infringe on the fair chase and what we've all decided is fair chase for game right and that's which is flexible which is flexible flexible but that's why like electronic calls right and it's like you can't have a too convincing of a call right like that's like well <laughs> you know what I mean when you shouldn't say you can't it's yeah. that's gonna be tough. So there's some craziness really to the whole system. Uh, there is, yeah. and there's a fair amount of it, especially when you take like an anti from the outside point of view and a neutral from the outside point of view and a pro hunting from the inside point of view, right? And it's all your right. point of view and what what perspective. Yeah, where you want to draw the line, and and most of us we got to go by the law. You know, loss is cool. You should that should be what you yep. can do. You know, and when yep. it's not, well, now now you've taken it into another realm. intent. That's intent right. matters more than method, always. Sure, one hundred percent of the time, right? Except for when you get into matters of black and white, because you know, life. Just like we were talking about, there are gray areas when you're chasing a deer. The only place where there really isn't gray areas, or we try to have no gray areas, is in our legal system, which doesn't fit a black, a non-black and white world. No. Right, the world's gray. The world it's everything. Gray. It's yes, yeah. no, maybe, all that at the same time, right? Right. It right. really is. Nature's Conditional. nature's maybe. It's not yes or no. Yeah. Not that's right. Yeah. yeah so maybe. then you try you try to have a system, a social system that's black and white. It's not really going to work with the mechanics of nature harmoniously Which are all gray. the time. Right. It can't. No. Right. So this is like when your own personal ethics are going to have to be the filter for it. You're going to have to set a base minimum standard 
and say, hey, you know, just the, basically how we've set it up this is really the I only way and, you can kind of do it. Right. And there's a freedom to that, really, because you can decide how you do it and then go with it. And there's nothing wrong with that. Another thing that we've, we've had a few bullets that I would not use again. What do you mean? <laughs> I've had like some muzzleloader bullets I would not use again. Um, the, the one that rolled out of the end of the barrel, probably. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, I, I, I shot, I think, one deer with one of them giant maxi ball things. Remember them big giant what 500 grain? What the hell is a maxi ball? It's this giant 500 grain conical type bullet with rings on it. And you kind of cut, you cut the ring with a rifling as you shove it down in. And I shot a deer once with that, and it made this perfect round hole through the entire deer. Hit some bones, too, and it still made this perfect round hole. The thing took forever to bleed to death. I mean, it just kept going and going, and that was a nice shot, two lungs. Yeah. And I, it, I was 250 yards before that thing was finally dead, and, and I moved it three times. And it couldn't run all that well, but it just made this broom handle hole, and it didn't leave any blood in the snow. Yeah. And it was like, I never, never use one of those things again. Yeah. And them things are junk. How about you, Jim? What's a firearm you'll never hunt with again? I'm not a 308 fan. No, you don't. I've never had good luck with them. What's wrong with a 308? I don't know. It's just me. Every day I've ever shot with a 308, it didn't go down good. What do you think it was? What do you think it was? Was it the caliber or like speed, power? The speed or the power of the the round? It's probably just me. (laughs) (laughs) I doubt it. (laughs) Well. Everybody has their thing that they just won't want to do again. I've, I've had a few hats I'll never wear again. The stinking things just kept falling off all the time. Yeah. Absolutely never using Big stinking Big puffy hats orange, oh, like two cats. Yes, yeah. my God. I, I swore at them things. Horrendous. I know a piece of gear I won't use. GoPros. Yeah. I don't like GoPros. Yeah. I do like the video where you shot your drop time buck. On yeah. The chest video, that was a cool perspective because it's cool, but mostly for the heartbeat. That, that was an that awesome. Was yeah. That was an awesome bit. That was fun. I mean, you could hear your adrenaline through the camera. That was really cool. The case kind of covering up everything, it, and then it getting does foggy. All the audio that wasn't yeah. so good. It took it just, away from some of the. I audio. mean, there was a, there's a few things too, that held back the quality of that video. One was my experience with cameras at the time. Two was I didn't know that camera that well. Right. right, because GoPros, the mechanics of them, you see like the commercials where they put it out and you're like, wow, the thing looks awesome. And then you, you take a video with it and you put it on your computer and you're like, dude, this thing totally sucks, dude. I get hustled, right? And it's like, well, no, there's frame rates, resolutions, there's like white balance and there's tint. There's also and the fa- uh, the software you that's use right. when and you there's, make the there's video. There's so many other right. things. Like they did a lot of things to get to that clip to look like that. There's a lot of post-production and settings you had to have. Yeah. And it's like, well, and then you start thinking, well, I'm shooting at deer at, you know, at least 30 yards always, right? No, the average time, you're at least 30 yards all the time. Right. And for a camera that is such a wide angle, you have to be within five feet of something to even get it decently clear and to be able to see it well in the lens, it's not worth it. Because yeah. if you look, I'm not sure how much you'd have to zoom up and how close you'd be. If you could even see the deer when he, my buck, when he hopped onto frame up at the top of the hill, I'm not sure you could even see him. No. Because we went back and we tried, and because yeah. it was a decent shot, it was 75 yards. Yeah. Right. And of course, it looks like it's a billion miles just to get to where yeah. I stopped running. And you're mm-hmm. like, nah. You know, and for what we do, no. you're, you're, 
you have to be ready at all times and GoPros take a long time to get to get powered up, to get framed. They beep a lot. They're they're loud. Mm-hmm. They make a lot of noise. There's a lot of noise transferred through when they're hooked to you. Yes. Like whatever frame you have, whether it's hooked to your hat or hooked yep. to your chest, like that time. There's a lot. Of you, d- you can hear the punga, 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 punga going or the fabric the vibrations. Moving. Yep. Yeah, the, the fabric, fabric shifting. Yeah. Yep. So the audio is not yep. that great. And because we, we run into a lot of different weather conditions, so it has to be in a weatherproof case. Because all of a sudden, it can just start raining. It can be cold. You can trip and fall in water. Like your yep. camera has Snow. to be, your camera's gotta be, you got to be ready to protect that thing all the time. And the batteries never lasted. So it was like. And you couldn't really put it away. No. You know, when the weather is bad and then whip it back out and hook Quickly. it up. Quickly. It because it's hooked to your chest or it's hooked it to your head. It wasn't, yeah. It was, right, or hooked to your gun. To yeah. make it work with the style of hunting that we had, it has to be done different. You still need a cameraman. And it's not for filming the hunt. It's for filming, like, After. you. Yes. It's for filming, like, B-roll. It's not for filming the entire hunt and, like, being like holding the camera backwards and be like, hey, guys, this is what I'm doing. This is what's going on. Like, it doesn't work that well for it. No. And I'm like... Maybe someday when a camera similar like that comes out and it works just something different. But action cameras for hunting and tracking suck. I don't like them. They don't work. I don't. Nope. Yeah, we don't even I don't want them anymore. No. no. And I would almost rather use my, my iPhone. Yeah, because yeah. at least it's and more versatile. versatile. Because for one, it's more versatile. I can take pictures. I can take video. I can take slow-mo. But I can zoom. Plus, you're not getting the... the Scratch your sound. Exactly. You're, you know, you're, you're not getting, getting those it. sound transfers to your clothing. I bring them both with me, the camera and my phone. Right. And you yeah. always have your phone in your pocket. Yep. Yeah. And with the separate camera, especially like our power shots, and the weather turns bad, it's no big deal to put it away. Right. And it's also no big deal to get it back out and right. fire it up. The things yep. fire up fast. Yeah. It goes bring, with that go. awesome zoom, you know, like Jimmy screwing in on that moose way out on that hillside. You know, that yeah, kind of power in this wicked. zoom. Over a mile. Like, if you can see an animal and it will stay there long enough for you to get focused on it, you will get some footage. Right. You will be able to you see the critter. You can count the hairs on its face. Yeah, no matter You're how thick have a brush it is. Yeah, it, yeah, it's tough to hold steady. A lot of practice. Yeah. But yeah. it does It does work really good. Yeah. So, that. like, as far as, like, when you start getting to the camera side of the world, use your phone or use, like, if you're going to hunt the way we hunt, use a DSR or a mirrorless camera, an actual camera camera, or use your cell phone. Action cams, they, they're not going to provide you with the experience that you're looking for. Not for tracking. They have to be used in in tandem with other cameras. Right. right. You know what I mean? Like when you're dragging or you're, dealing, or you're having the celebration after you get the deer. Yeah. Or you're at the way station. Yeah, you'd have to use them differently. You gotta be creative with them. They require right. more study because they're not just point and shoot. You know, your cell phone's point and shoot. And it's easy and it's fast. And I don't know, I didn't, I didn't really care for them all that much. And that's kind of why we didn't really break them back out. And they're in a different format. Yeah. And you need a different, so- like it's, it's not worth it. Yeah. I don't think anyway. What about you, Jim? What's a, what's a piece of equipment you will not use? Bibs. <laughs> bibs. <laughs> I don't like bibs. The heat comes up. Yeah. Hot. Yeah. yeah. They actually bother my back. The zoot suit. on my shoulder, I think. Because every yeah. time I wear Trium, my back bothers me. Yeah. I noticed with bibs, uh, I used to use them for when I had my old job at work a lot. When the ice builds up on the bottom. Yeah. It, it really pulls on your shoulders. Yeah, anything puffy. Where, like, yeah. with hunting pants, it doesn't bother me because all the pressure's down by my hips. There's a lot of guys that love them. I just yeah. not, they're not for me. 
I yeah, I agree. I don't I don't like bibs either. Anyone who's had to do their business in the woods before wearing bibs is a little less fun. You got to expose a lot more body to the to the elements. <laughs> uh, another thing, <laughs> unless you got like the old fashioned pajamas with the flap on the back, right? <laughs> Actually, you know, in when it comes to the the realm of things you don't really need, uh, let's talk about jacked up rigs, Jim. Lifted do you rigs. need a big lifted rig with massive tires to go out into the woods where you go? What do you think about that? Because most of your rigs aren't really all that jacked up. Like you're not using this no. big Hummers and stuff. But it'd be nice to have one. Clearance. The clearance, clearance is yeah. nice. Yeah. But most of the time we don't have that. A lot of the roads <laughs> are actually way better than when we first started. Yeah. They're because way better. You know, they, they're going they, into the woods. They're the going in after the logs further and further and further. So. And they have to make a good road for a tractor trailer to, to come out on. We don't go where we're not supposed to, so we really don't need them that no, big of a rig. And if we're going somewhere where, like, they don't want you to take vehicles, it's not like we're going around boulders and gates. We're, we're walking. kind of can't. Right, we're just walking anyway. Like the way so. it's kind of Right. Safe. What do you yeah. look for in a hunting rig, Jim? Like, what does your hunting rig got to have in order for you to even... Think about taking it out in the woods. Room for all you guys. Yeah. You got to have room for people, for sure. And then all their gear. And then your gear. What if you don't have a truck? What are you going to do if you get a big buck, Jim? Yeah, throw it on the roof. You've never done that before, have you? <laughs> tires. You know, you need some real good snow tires of some kind. Good tires help. Yeah. yeah. What about studs, Jim? What do you think about studs out in the woods? You think they're they help helpful? help when it's icy. Yep. And and a lot of the times those those back back roads are not being uh, sanded or anything. Right. So like say you get a little warm spell and everybody drives on the snow and then that night it freezes glazes up over. and it's really glazed over. That's where the stud comes in a little bit. Yeah. We, yeah. We'll, we'll bring chains with us sometimes in case you got stuck yeah. or something you needed to get out or pull something or somebody. Um, in the early days when we brought the camper up and we stayed in the camper out in a gravel pit somewhere, you know, and, and then it snowed like crazy, and you had to pull a camper through the snow to get out of there. Right. Right. You wanted chains to help you out, you know. So th there was times when that, that really worked good. What about if you don't have a truck, and uh, how do you get – if you got a big buck, you got a 200-pound deer, how do you get them on top of the roof safely, for one, and <laughs> how do you do it with uh, – the most, the best efficiency. Dude, you hop up there and you yank that bad jammer right up on the yeah, roof. We put you right. two up there. <laughs> <laughs> well, what if you're like you're by yourself? And I'm putting it in the back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Get it in the I'm back bringing, of the rig. I if carry you a tarp and lay the tarp out and put it in the back. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You want a tarp in your rig? You want some tools? And a handyman jack can be real handy. Yep. That's um, why they call it that. Right. If you have a hill too, you could back. If like give a berm on the side of a road, <laughs> come along like a come logging along trail, you could back up. And yeah, then, we've yeah. done that a bunch. Get the ground level all yeah. at high, as high as you can. It's always less height yeah, if you're going to put it on top of the rig. Yeah. Yep, I've yep. backed in the ditch a couple times to get it lower so I can get it sure. in. But yep. you want to make sure you can get out of the ditch. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, it's a key. Yeah. I can remember a couple of times us pulling the deer down the road to a spot like that with the rig. Right. You know, hook onto the rig and just pull easy and pull it down the road to where you could unhook it, back the rig into the ditch, yep. get the deer up on the bank, and then, then work it in. We've, we we had one there, Jimmy and I about killed ourselves trying to get the deer in the back. That of was Mr. Jeep. T, wasn't it? Yeah, we weren't trying to get it. In the, we should have videoed us. Truck would have been nice that he day. He was heavy. That deer was heavy. Yeah, he was a big boy. Not. We, we took two racks of water out and put them on the ground and stacked them. 
and got the deer's belly up onto a midsection, right? He's he's got the front and I got the back. And, and it's just have... a cheap Cherokee, right? Yeah, just, just, just in mind. It's not like it this was giant jack to break. Because the deer was heavy and you couldn't stand up. Right, because so the tailgate is doubled over you're trying to over pick him up. over in your knees yeah. and you ain't as strong as you would be. And right, it's like the, the, the back of the rig is pretty narrow. So it's not like you can get in there and really like pull in. Like you just, no. you didn't really have nothing to work with, you no, know? No, no. And then when you get it partway there, one guy has to hold it while another guy goes around to the door. <laughs> and and reaches, gets in the back seat and, and starts yanking yeah. on that thing and pull it into the rig. You, you know? needed one more guy or oh, a bed yeah, of a truck. would have been nice. We were about 10 minutes trying to get it in there and we were really questioning ourselves. Like, what happened to us? <laughs> yeah. I thought we were men a little yeah. while ago here, you know? <laughs> but that's just the way it goes. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that – that's kind of like – that's mostly – Personal preferences. Like oh, no truck question. truck versus like yep. SUV or small SUV or something. Yep. It's like deciding deciding what you really need. Uh, Jeeps are great. The short wheelbase has always been like super nice. You know, you're not scratching your hitch. They can crawl up into some places and they're a little bit lighter. And they're like narrower sometimes. So like back when you guys had like really, really thick woods like the 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 car wash there, you could creep a Jeep into a lot of places that like trucks didn't really want to go. Right. We could squeeze yeah. around and get in other places and whatnot. But. I know one vehicle you don't want to take moose hunting, a little Ford Focus. Oh, dude, that's right. <laughs> I got a. a uh, what year? That way you use that. Twenty. I was living in was New Hampshire. I was in New Hampshire, and I was yeah. living in New Hampshire. Um, a quick little story, and we'll wrap this up. Um, I got a moose permit, and we're hunting in northern Vermont, right up near the Canadian border near April. And Tara and I are in my little Ford Focus down this logging road. It had like four inches of clearance. Oh, it was. The silver, it had a spoiler on the trunk. I too. know. So like we, we looked like, yeah. oh yeah, it was like need for speed out there, man. <laughs> Total ghetto. And of course, oh, yeah. it's got yeah. no clearance. So like you scrape bottom with, on a, a, a rock size of a golf ball. <laughs> and Tara and I are in this little rig and I hit a rock. And there's, a spe- there's this little frame that holds the radiator. And yeah. it bent that right around. Oh yeah, of course. Didn't know about it until I got it home. But we're out, we're bombing around out in the woods, and this guy rolls up to me in this big lifted, jacked up truck, and he looked at me and goes, "What are you doing out here with that thing?" <laughs> and I'm like, turn out, looked at each other, completely serious, like we're moose hunting. <laughs> he's like, "What are you gonna do if you get one?" Tara's like, "Call the cavalry." Yeah. <laughs> we'll, call, we'll call the people with actual hunting rigs. <laughs> He's like, what are you going to do if he gets stuck? Tara's like, we'll just pick the front up and shuffle it over. We'll get out. Yeah, we'll, just, we'll just pick the whole focus up. Well, and I've of course, seen a like, couple 200-pounders on Subarus. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. So and of course, it was like super, wagon. super boulder pile power line road. Just like you wouldn't, you would be like, why are you driving that car out there? You're going to get stuck. You're it's gonna, all you got. But it's all we had. So we had to work it. We stayed, and of course, it was, it was a little bit of a drive from here. So we stayed in a motel. And yeah, we had this, scared. yeah, and it was and it was rainy and that like that was a that was the moose season from hell. And of course, I had, I didn't really get too much film of that because we, I had a camera yeah. that I didn't know. That I didn't. Was that was back when right. I didn't know nothing. It, and it every, was raining. It rained every single day. We must have. We on average we were getting an inch of rain a day. Yeah, it, it was, was terrible. Stupid. For a week and a half, it was yeah. so swampy and nasty. It was bad. And of course, we're in a motel, so you can't dry your stuff. out. A jeep would have been nice that yeah. that year, though. Yeah. Oh, or a yeah. truck that would have been great. Yeah, but there's definitely a right vehicle for where you're hunting. For there's sure. the right the right piece of equipment <laughs> for every situation difference. of hunting. Most of the time, like you really don't need much to get a big buck. No, you don't. It, but there's some boulders here and there, and there's some water bars and washouts and, yeah. and bridges yeah. half washed out and yeah. trees across the road and ice and We've been on some serious ice over the years. 
you know, so yep. there's all kinds of things you're going to encounter and, you know, knowing your vehicle and knowing what's going on is really important. Right. I think the biggest the old, thing is four wheel drive yeah. or all wheel drive. The old Jeep. We went places where we don't go with a pickup. That, that you we didn't that worry about lockers, scratching right? it. We didn't worry about going through ditches and yeah. I've seen you put that old Jeep in some places up on snowbanks and oh yeah, all that kinds thing, of. I had real four wheel drive. Yeah, it crawled had the lockers in it, yeah, so I think thing go would go anywhere. Yeah, that was a tank. It was fun. Yeah. That thing was fun. Two feet of snow, just roll right up on the hood. Yeah. Get out and wipe the snow off the hood when someone else you could see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It would pile That's up fair. high enough you couldn't see out of the windshield. Dry right. the river. Yeah, it looked like yeah. Bugs Bunny come down through the snow. Yeah, just yeah. water up to the top of the door. Classic. Yeah. yeah. Oh, easily. Yeah, drive through water right up to the windows. The Beavers built the dam across that road. You were like, where are you going? Where's the road? I, and he says, oh, there it is. And he's driving <laughs> to this beaver. And we're, we're going deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And he says, oh, it's right here someplace. <laughs> and then up over the, you know, and he basically drove through a little break in the alders. Right. You know, there was bushes and stuff everywhere. And then up over the dam, give her some, don't stop. And up over the dam and down the other side. And it was roadbed and they had built... They didn't have right. a permit. They built the dam in the middle of the road. So we just Beavers don't care. On it. They don't care. Yeah, we we don't. build the dam anyway. We really don't. Yeah, you yeah. guys, you talk to your people. Tell them stop messing up our roads. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do my best. It, but the board had a, directors had a good pain. time in that old girl. You know, and yeah. we've had a couple other Jeeps that were just awesome. Yep. Yeah. There's a lot of things that kind of like, you have to you have to be willing to adapt what you use to what's going on with you. You know what I mean? Like some days you need a big jacked up truck. Some days you want the rattle bag. Some days trail cam would be nice. And other days that would have been sweet on a GoPro and all this other stuff. But for the majority of it, like we just said, you don't need much to get a big buck. No, work, work, go with what works. Yeah, work with what you have and kind of like you'll develop your own kind of things that you like and things that have worked really well and like an arsenal of kit. A kit but don't be afraid to expand those but also to pull some things out you haven't used in a while like kind of like every now and then take take a good look at what you have and what you're using and if you're not, not using it you know, may not have to bring it into the woods with you keep it because you never know but like all the stuff you don't use all the time you just keep that in the truck you don't need to carry it out into the woods with you but well I'd, I'd be interested to see what everybody uh thinks about whether uh whether it's a yay or nay on all the stuff we were talking about what do you like what do you use what are some things that maybe we didn't mention that that you think are not necessarily the best things to bring in the woods what are some things that you think are points that maybe we missed um feel free to send all that stuff over to ask mountain deer at gmail we made you guys a special email so we could chat with you about all things podcast related if you guys have some topics or whatever that you want to hear we do have some videos up on our YouTube channel about gear that we use and how to use it, like compasses and GPSs and such. Yep. With more to come. And so, you can contact us through Instagram, Facebook. You know, it's all out there. And yep. uh, just don't be don't be scared to let us know what you think. And uh, we're not scared to hear. So yeah, looking forward to putting a few of these things to the test, trying some new things this fall. You know, just kind of plugging away through the rest of the summer here. But I think I think we're all looking forward to this year's deer season. It's going to be great. We may even have a little guest hunter. Um, we talked to him over the weekend here, and he sounds yep. like he's going to go with us. And he's a really cool guy. A lot of cool people we're going to try and get on the podcast here. Maybe some other new people that we're going to be bringing to camp with us. That'll be fun. Um, and See what happens. This is going to be great. Awesome. If anybody well, like, has any beagles for sale, let us know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Jimmy wants like to We got oh my god! New size thirty eight pants. Yeah, <laughs> for you, for you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It doesn't help that I only have a twelve inch waist. That's yeah. extra, extra small. Yeah. 
Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed this podcast. Hope you learned something. And from all of us here at Mountain Deer at the shop, signing off until next time. Happy hunting. Bye-bye. Good luck. Get a big one. A really big one. Ha, 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 ha.